If you're like me, getting up in the morning is something that you absolutely dread. I feel sluggish, tired, irritable and muzzy-headed. Thankfully, things do tend to improve as the day goes on, usually thanks to a few well-timed cups of coffee. But this means that, by late evening, I'm feeling great and really productive, and the last thing on my mind is going to bed. So predictably, I don't end up hitting the sack until the early hours, and then the whole sorry cycle repeats itself, day after day. I know that I'm doing this, so why can't I stop? The answer's probably got a lot to do with the genes that influence my body clock, and thanks to Exeter University's Samuel Jones, we now know there are over 300 of them. We all have an internal clock which uh, doesn't just keep the time, it's responsible for the release of hormones at the correct time of day, for maintaining your temperature, telling you when to be tired and when to be active, and a whole host of other things. But it seems that some people have clocks that run slightly differently, so people who call themselves evening people have a clock that runs slightly slower than those who would call themselves morning people. And so one of the things we really wanted to find out was why is that? Is there a genetic basis for this difference? And so our study, with the help of uh, data uh, on nearly 700,000 people, compared their genetics against whether they're morning or evening people. That's a huge number of people, 700,000. How did you possibly access that many people's genetic information? Thanks to two uh, studies, really. One is the UK Biobank study, which is an absolutely fantastic resource. This is a study on 500,000 people in the UK. Lots of information was collected on, on them about their medical history, but also things like sleep preferences and blood samples are taken so that alongside all of these interesting measures, we had uh, genetics as well. But on top of that, I was also granted access to um, some data from a company called 23andMe, now, they're a private personal genetics company. You can send a spit sample to them and they will send you your genetic information back along with your predicted risk of, of different things. We combine these two data sets to get nearly 700,000 people. So how do you pick through the genetic information from those individuals to find the bits of the genome which might be related to whether or not people would self-identify as a lark-type person or an owl, a nighttime person? At the core of it was a really simple statistical analysis. We're correlating whether people have a specific version of a piece of genetic code versus whether they're a morning or evening person. And we identified 351 areas of the genome and isolated that down to 351 genetic changes within those regions. So in essence, you're saying, if I look at enough people, I might see the same change in the same bit of the genome cropping up repeatedly in people who are a lark or an owl, and that tells me there's probably a connection between that bit of the genome and that particular behaviour of those people. And that's right. Now, those 300-plus genes or genetic areas that you've been able to identify with the study, yes. if you look at the sorts of diseases that people who describe themselves as either morning people or nighttime people do and don't tend to get on average. Yes. Are there any genes that you've pulled out that would explain some of those associations? Yes, we did. And so what we found was that being an evening person does seem to give you a, a greater risk of schizophrenia and lead you to have a lower subjective well-being across your lifespan. Is one hypothesis then that the reason a person who is, say, at higher risk of schizophrenia because their body clock is dictating that they live their life 
at a certain rate and a certain time. But social conventions and social norms are dictating they live their life differently. And it's that disparity between the two that, that's accounting for their disease risk. Absolutely. That's one current working hypothesis. Because you're genetically predisposed to be an eating person, you have to try and fit in with societal norms, try to fight your body clock in order to make yourself get up in the morning to go to work or to go to school. So that is a current working hypothesis. And we actually have some data to be able to test that out, to try and, and compare people's actual activity and sleep patterns against what their genetics tells them they should be. And so we can look at the people who have a disparity between the two to try and see if they're at a greater risk of obesity uh, and schizophrenia and, and the various other diseases uh, of being an eating person. And why does now having 300 plus regions of the genome associated with body clocks actually move us forward? So on a fundamental level, uh, it really pushes our knowledge forward on um, the body clock and how the body clock works and why some people have a different body clock. The fact that so many genetic regions seem to influence your preference suggests that it really is hard-coded into your genes, uh, whether you're a morning or evening person. And this is important, um, I think, on the societal level because we need to recognise that um, morning people and evening people might need different working patterns, for instance, to avoid giving them a, a greater risk of disease. And also, the study has highlighted quite a few genetic changes, which also might be useful for investigation of potential therapeutics, such as drugs to treat, things like jet lag, or even more serious disorders of the body clock. Samuel Jones from the University of Exeter. The study documenting those findings has just come out in the journal Nature Communications.